0: You're listening to the ranch church podcast for more information and service times go to ranchchurch.com so it's the list of blessings it's the list of good it's the list of god i'm picking it up here in first thessalonians chapter 5 and i'll be actually in verse 15 which says, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Now, in the following verses, he's going to continue on with thoughts that are going to go just back and forth and back and forth, and that will be a good part of his list. And so one of the things that we talked about in weeks prior was that when you think about the Apostle Paul and what he's saying, he's talking here to this church that he planted And that the Holy Spirit came with a baptism of fire, and that they became such a great witness to this region. They paid a sacrifice in Christ for being witnesses unto Christ, and He's applauding them, and He's excited from their spiritual children in that sense. And so He's really saying three things are true about disciples. We mentioned this in prior times. A disciple of Jesus Christ is fearless. Amen? They are fearless. Second thing about a disciple of Christ is that they're usually absurdly happy. We got to have this obnoxious happiness. It's not that we don't suffer, and we'll talk about that in the text. It's not that we don't weep. It's not that there aren't moments of brokenheartedness. It's not a fake happiness. It's that there's a supernatural transcendent God who breaks through all of the caverns of our brokenness. And so Paul is saying, disciples of Jesus Christ, they are fearless, they are absurdly happy, and that they're usually in trouble. Right, so they're usually in trouble. Now we're in trouble for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. As we grow, so sometimes in our immaturities of life, before our life before Christ, we were in trouble because of our own our own inadequacies, our own insecurities, our own faults, our own failures, our own sinfulness, and so that's why we were in trouble. But but now, now in Christ, we're in trouble for the kingdom of God. That's why we're a troublemaker. We're troublemakers because we're children of light. And we're children of love, and we're children of truth, and so that is rationale of our troublemaking in the kingdom of God. And so Paul here is outlining that, and as he mentions this in verse 15, he's talking about something that's profound. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. You know, you know that that's not our culture, and that is not social media. And that's not anything that is of man. In fact, it is truly, truly of God. And so so what I would say to you by way of principle is that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the rules of the kingdom of God are not the rules of man. The rules of man are bitterness and vindictiveness and get ahead at somebody else's expense. The rules of the kingdom of God are not like that. And Jesus, by way of cross-reference in Mark chapter 3, there's a man there, and it's a setup. It's really sad. It's actually a very sad story. And there's a man with a withered hand. And in that time of Judaism, a man like that would never be allowed in, unfortunately, into that setting before God. Uh, It was not God. That was a, a misunderstanding of an Old Testament teaching. So that's how it was practiced. And so related to that, They let this man in because they want to trap Jesus on the Sabbath to see if he's going to heal on the Sabbath. Remember, God's rules are not man's rules. And what I have just told you about somebody who is infirmed or had some sort of disability, not being allowed in the kingdom of God, in the house of God, that's not right at all. Anybody who's infirmed or ill or or, or whatever, man, bring them, bring them, bring them all here. Like bring them, line line them all up, and whatever it takes, we want them because they're God's people. And God will God will bless them. And so Jesus, though, he can do it. What he can do is he can just on command heal in that moment. But instead, he wants to expose false doctrine. He wants to expose bad thinking. And so he says, What's easier to say to this guy? with the withered hand that you would put in front of me? You know, what's easier to say? You want me to just say heal him or that his sins are forgiven? And they don't know what to say. (laughs) The text literally says that they don't know what to say, right? They're, They're just tripped up. Trust me that sometimes when Jesus talks to you, it's really good for you to shut it. Like that's like a yes and amen, like when the Lord and Savior is going to be on the move and he asks you a question like that, you know, sometimes the right answer is shut it, you know, and you might be in a good spot. And so they do that, and so he heals this man. And then Jesus is going to say, so that you would know that I am Lord of the Sabbath and that I'm not like this. I would heal on the Sabbath. Of course I would. Any of my children that find themselves in a difficult spot in life, of course I would come to save and I would come to heal. And I would come to redeem. Amen. See to with that no one repays. Evil for evil because God is not like that. But seek always to do good to one another. And to everyone. That relates to inside the house of God and out. And so verse 16. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Church I want you to hear that. Rejoice always. Amen. So the first commandment that is given of Moses, is that I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Raise your hand if you've heard that before. Okay, good church. All right, thank you very much. You guys have heard that before, right? You'll have no other gods before you. As you go through life, what you're going to be tempted to, it's a real temptation. It is a real temptation. You're going to be tempted to have pain be your God. It's true. And 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 It hurts. And it's real. You're going to have some difficulty or some circumstance, something that's going to break your heart because if you live on planet Earth, your heart is going to be broken and the kingdom is not sparing you of that. It's giving you power in and through that. It's giving you power over that. But you're human. You live on this side of eternity. Rejoice always. Do not let pain be your God. Weep when you have to weep, suffer when you have to suffer, and rejoice when you have to rejoice. Romans chapter 12, verse 15, by way of reference, write this down and take it as a note, says just that. Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10 says, rejoice and suffer. Rejoice and suffer. It actually says, while I'm suffering, I can still rejoice. While I'm having pain, while I'm having difficulties, I can still actually be rejoicing. Christ can still visit me. It's not something that you make up. It's not something that's fake. It's something that's real. And so we rejoice always. We come to worship. Worship, sometimes worship will make you cry. Because yes. right? worship is going to remind you to let go. Right? Worship is going to, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and say, give that to me now. Right, and you're going to wrestle because you're human. And you're going to let go. You're going to hear the preaching, of the word of God, or hear altar calls related to prayer, and you're going to wrestle against it. The Holy Spirit will say, "Let go." And so you'll have weeping, and and yet you'll have joy, and you'll have the Holy Spirit that will meet with you. So Paul is going through a list. It's just one list. You can tell that he loves these people. He's trying, to, he's trying to let you know, let them know how much he loves them. He's just giving them the list of what a disciple looks like. He's picking on these little things that he wants to remind them in love. And so he, now he comes to the next part of this list, verse 17, is pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So what is pray without ceasing? You know what pray without ceasing means? It means this, it means stop and pray right now. It's what we just did. In fact, we found out about, about Baby Hayes. We found out about that. It's like, okay, hey, we're going to stop the service, right? Nothing else matters but that. We're going to stop that. And uh, I was having a hard time controlling my emotions. Like, okay, hey, well, then I pick on Pastor Clay. Clay, you got to get up here. <laughs> right? We're going, to, we're going to stop. We're going to pray. You're going to go through your week. You're going to be in your work, place of work or whatever it is in terms of your, your life. And there's going to be someone there who's going to need prayer. You stop right then and pray for them. That's pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that you're going around your day bumbling words or have have 100 structured prayers for every hour and that kind of thing. No, we live real life. And so so I'm talking to someone over here, and they let me know something, and so I'm going to pray. Today, I just felt an anointing of the Lord. And so as many people coming forward as possible, I was stopping you and I was praying for you because it was like on me. It was like, I was gonna pray the Holy Spirit comes upon you during worship. I'm gonna pray that the new covenant grabs you today. I'm gonna pray that you're liberated today from demons and from sin, right? I was trying to get every single one of you if I could. So you just stop. You go through your day, and you just stop, and you pray for somebody. Sometimes, of course, in your professional life, you have to have some degree of balance with that. And you, so you just simply say to somebody, I'm going to be praying for you, right? And so then you go, and you pray for them. Because it's not going to be the place for you to be shouting yesterday, man, right, and doing, doing all of that. You've got to kind of find a way in which to do that. But you do it because you stop. And you pray. You've got to move. And you'll hear that. And his word will not come back void. And he has a covenant promise over you, if you're following Christ, a disciple of Christ, to actually listen to you because it's his will that he sent you to that place to hear that need so that he might invade that moment in and through you. <laughs> that, when you get that, you'll never be the same because that, that's like really fun. Verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It relates to the previous thought that Paul had as he says this, but he wants to repeat this, that give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I mean, I actually just, I actually just want to shout that and like say it a hundred times over and over so we would understand it. I realize it would be ridiculous in some ways to do that, but it is true. He is saying, this is God's will, so give thanks in all things. All right, so here's, here's how you have to practice that. Here's why God would say that. Here's what this means. When you go through life, your tendency, your human tendency, is to deny reality. We're like that. You get bad news, and you go, no, I don't want to deal with that bad news. No, come on now, that's you. Right? And then, and then there's something that's overwhelming in terms of the news, and you go, I don't really want to deal with that. So you just don't deal with it. And giving thanks in all things means I'm going to accept reality. And because of that, Christ will invade my life and change that, but it starts by being accepting that reality and giving thanks for it. I'm not giving thanks for somebody who did some sin for me or evil to me or whatever, I'm, I'll give thanks and I'm suffering in that moment because somebody else was a jerk or somebody else was a sinner or something else happened, but I'll give thanks in that moment because Christ will meet me. So Christ, if you're sovereign over this moment, and he is, then I accept that reality, I accept that circumstance, I accept that notice from the doctor or whatever the case is, and I'll watch Christ enter into it. That's where the power is. That's where that transformation is. And I accept whatever that moment is, good and bad. I stop there and I enter into that. Well, Paul's not done yet. He's going to say, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. So quenching the spirit. Yeah, that's really something. You know what quenching the spirit is? Write this down. Do not put God in a box. And then just write the word doctrine next to that. So there is truth. We're not making up our faith. There's one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. Right? There's a mystery within that trinity. So we're not making up our doctrine, yet don't put God in a box. Right? So, so I'm going to embarrass one of my friends right now, which he's okay with me embarrassing. I'm going to embarrass Dr. Richard Danson. Because right? he was me, for 30 years, plus he's been my medical doctor. Right? He's actually now, he's now heads up our, our school of ministry. And I tell him he's retired, he's not retired. And so, but he's retired, but he's not retired, right? So this is, this is what it was like to have, like, your, your doctor who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit and full of the Holy Spirit, and I want to go to the doctor, right? So now I go to the doctor. Whatever it is, whatever it is. I got a little sniffle in my cold or I have a sinus infection or something. It's just like, so I go to my doctor. I go, Doc, I got a sinus If I got a sinus infection. He goes, well, Jesus is going to heal that right now and I might have to give you some medicine. Okay, great. I'll take the medicine and then pray on the way home, right? So then so then, so then, so then, he'll give me a shot. He'll, he'll, he'll pray, praise for me. He goes, okay, well, now that you're healed, let's go pray for everybody else in my office. No! No, I did, I did not come to the doctor. <laughs> no, I want to. I want to like, leave. Can I leave? Can I leave? He goes, no, 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 because you're now going to go lay hands on everybody and pray for them. I go, I'm what? Yes. No, no, they're not expecting Pastor Rick Soto. They want doctor, medical doctor, Richard Danson. He goes, no, they want Jesus. <laughs> so, So he has me going, right? And I'm thinking, there's just... This is wrong. These people are going to reject me, right? So there's an element of like quenching the spirit, right? I'm thinking like, I'm not going in there. Rich, you and I are friends. I am not going in there. He goes, oh, here's Pastor Rick Soto. Oh, hello, sick person. I'll pray for you. (laughs) And all kinds of stuff would happen. Do not quench the spirit by putting God in a box. You don't let God be in a box, you know what, you know, every single one, every time Rich did that, every single time, i feel so uncomfortable. In fact, I'd be driving sometimes off, some and I'd pray, "Oh go, Lord Jesus, don't let him ask me to pray for people, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't know if I'm up for it right now, like, I, I feel, I actually have a fever, and I don't, I don't, I don't, let me have the fever all the way through the appointment, so I could just leave, you know, <laughs> right? because that's what's going through my earthly, you know, my earthly mind, you know, with all of that, right, and. Insert repeat. Do not, quench, do not quench the spirit. I'll give you one more related to that that you'll be able to understand. The sort of supernatural component that was in King David was because he did not put God in a box. That's why he was able to take out Goliath. He could see Goliath and say, you uncircumcised Philistine, you are wrong against God's people, wrong against the covenant of God, wrong against the promise of God, and you must go down now. And if I have to be the agency of that, then I will be that. And he's thinking back to a prior moment where he had just been anointed of God, and he's going to go traffic in that. And don't put God in a box last story related to them then we'll keep moving here this is actually at a local restaurant and i was brought in to to witness to this uh professor and i don't i can't remember if he was a law professor or a philosophy professor but anyway um i go okay sure i'll go free lunch i'll do it and i'll try and tell this guy about jesus right i don't get a word energy wise which is hard for pastor rick soto right <laughs> I mean, I can't, I, can, I just go, buzzle, buzzle, this guy's talking, buzzle, buzzle, this guy's talking. I mean, I can't, I can't, I'm just sitting there going, wow, brother, you like, man, you just keep going, you know, you just keep going. And so, I, so, so, so I'm trying to figure this out and I'm trying to wait on the Lord. I'm like, okay, well, I, I think, I think I've done no earthly good here. I mean, I'm just And I don't know if I've done any kingdom good here. I'm just trying to pray and I have nothing to say to this man. And then don't put God in a box. The moment happens. And so he wants to talk about ethics, and he says something. He says, you know, the Bible has no practical applications to life. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't tell the Lord Jesus Christ, who's risen from the dead, a stupid statement like that. Like, with well, the second you say something like that, he's going to make you dumb. doesn't matter how many degrees you have. And, uh, and so, so he... So he says that, he says that, and, I, and, and, and he, and he apologizes. He's trying to apologize. I don't mean to offend you, just the Bible has no practical applications in life. And so I go, well, what do you mean by something like that? And then, so he wants to have this illustration where he says, well, see, and either talk about, you know, like there's like a train coming down and it's going to go on two tracks. And then, you know, one, if, you know, the brake is off. And so on one track, it takes out the wife. The other track, it takes off the kids. And you've got to decide. How do you decide? The Bible says nothing about that. (laughs) I said, brother, like, you need to come to prayer, man. <laughs> like, you really need to come to Jesus. Like, why are you thinking that? Like, why is that your, tr- is, if that's troubling you, you ain't got any troubles. Like, you know, and so, so I remember thinking, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? What do you want to do here? And so it just came in real quick. I blurted it out and I was a little embarrassed at first and it's related to one of the points I just gave you. I said, brother, I don't have to answer that question. He, sa- he, says, he said, is it because the Bible doesn't say anything? I said, No. It's because God's not playing by your rules. God's not playing by man's rules. Like, you just created a man-made scenario, right? So let me ask you, brother, first of all, that's not real. Second of all, my God can save, and then he, he's fighting with me to real. I go, great, I'm just a pastor. I don't know nothing, right? I just have my Bible. I just know my Jesus. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Professor, philosopher, many degrees, whatever the case is. Let me ask you a question. In the history of the United States, how many scenarios has that been true of? I mean, we have a lot of trains. We have all kinds of... How many times have there been a track going to go what The brake is off, and then, you know, we have these ethical... How, how often has that happen? How often does that happen? How often is that... You're now going to answer me that question. <laughs> and he's quiet. He says, it's possible in the history of my studies of that, it's never happened. I said, okay, well then... It's not real. Let me help you out with reality. The Bible is real. Yeah. And I told him, I go, Christ had just spoken to you right now. I, I, I don't. I, I, you're well learned. You have 90 degrees. I can't play in that land. I'll tell you the land I can play in, the kingdom of God. And don't mess with that because that power does not belong to me. It belongs to Christ. And brother, I want you to be saved right now. Yeah. And he was quiet for a long time after that. I'm not kidding you. He was quiet. And he said, well, this might be the first time. Like, man, brother, you're close to the kingdom. Don't don't would let move. And and he actually let me pray for him. Don't put God in a box. Don't put don't put God in a box in that in that manner. And and Paul is saying there, so don't don't quench the spirit. He continues on, says, Do not despise prophecies. So there's these kind of even in the story that I told you, there's like a prophetic utterance here that is part of the Christian life where the Holy Spirit comes upon us and allows us to be an agency of blessing one to another. It's called the prophetic word, which comes from the written word, where we have knowledge of something that somebody needs to receive in terms of a blessing. It's incredible. But test everything, Paul says. Hold fast to what is good. That's a nice way of saying don't be stupid with the gifts that God has given to you. Verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. He's repeating himself. He wants this church to understand this. Verse 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You should all shout amen about that. Amen. Who needs peace? Yeah, I'm serious. Raise your hand if you need peace. Okay, I'm going to pray for you guys in a moment. I'm going to ask you to come and join me up here for prayer that you would actually have people that would pray for you, and I'll stick around and pray for you to have this peace of Christ. Because this is what he's saying to you. This is what he's saying to the ranch church. May the God of peace himself, in other words, not a philosophy, not a man-made construct, may this God of peace himself invade your life with his peace. Sanctify you, which means to grow you, to change you completely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, Christ's people, us in the new covenant, we're changing. So that's kind of why I get mad. And I'm not going to really get on a diatribe about this. But I feel like for youth and for kids and for for a younger generation, being lied to as if what you were born into is all that you're going to have and that you can't change and that you can't grow and that you can't be the person that God wants you to be. Are you kidding me? I speak against that in Jesus' name. We get to grow, and we get to change. We get to be sanctified. May the whole spirit, soul, and body in you be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, here it is, verse 24. If you have a Bible, raise your hand. Okay, you're going to say this verse out loud with me. Here it is. Repeat after me. He who calls you you is faithful. faithful. He will surely do it. He who calls you you is is faithful. He will, he will surely do it. That's right. That's the right word. May it fall upon you. May it be the soil. May it be the marinade. May it be the blood that pulses in you. This is why Paul says in verse 25, brothers, pray for us. All right, so it's his a, a, it's a second appeal here. And, and, and he says, brothers, pray for us. And so, so I would ask you, church, would you please pray for Pastor Rick Soto and his family? Would you pray for Pastor Jeff and his family? Would you pray for our elders and many others that serve? Would you pray for us? Sunday nights, my sleep is almost always disturbed. It's like, it doesn't make sense, you know, and other things like that. And so if you would pray for us, if you would pray for us, greet all the brothers with the holy kiss, let me just tell you that I love watching the people of God congregate. I mean, I love, I love just hugging all of you. I love, I love watching it. I love, I love watching everyone mill in and, and, uh, and, I, and I just rejoice. I rejoice because I know you're going to meet Christ. I put you under an oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers, which is what we're doing right now. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. These are Paul's, Paul's words. In scripture that he gives to this church as he says I'm now on my gospel mission you're now on your gospel mission and Christ in you will win that day thanks for listening to the ranch church podcast for more information and service times go to ranchchurch.com